VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Is your child asking questions on their homework that you don't feel equipped to answer? Is your child just struggling with a specific subject or need help with their homework? If you're dealing with any of these issues, you could maybe benefit from IXL. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. And it's so cost effective. A single hour of tutoring costs more than a month of IXL. I could have totally used IXL when I was in grade school. I was always having trouble with my homework. Ugh, I wish I had this when I was a kid. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And How To Be Fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. IXL.com slash fine. Hello, and welcome to How to Be Fine. I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I am Jolenta Greenberg. In each episode of How to Be Fine, we're going to weigh in on what's happening in the world of happiness, health, and betterment. And we offer a bit of advice to those who want it. Now, full disclosure, we're not psychologists or psychiatrists. We are not pharmacists, but we are experienced self-help critics. We've lived by the rules of nearly 100 self-help books for our other podcast, By the Book, right here in this feed. So we've tried on almost every kind of wellness trend out there. It's true. And besides, we're not here promising to make you the best, richest, happiest, most optimal version of yourself. Like, if all goes well, we'll just help you feel a little closer to fine. Okay, Jolenta, we have a couple of great advice letters to get to later in the show, advice letters that you and I relate to a lot. But first, as usual, we're kicking things off with our hot topic. We are. And today's hot topic, Kristen, is body doubling. Oh, I know what body doubling is. Like on a movie set, when someone stands in for an actor for certain shots, I actually was a body double once for about 15 minutes. No, Kristen, that is cool. And wait, I want to know this story about when you were a body double, but <laughs> that is not what I'm talking about. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Oh, no, is it body swapping, like face off? 
oh, I wish. And it's also not body doubling like when a political leader has someone that looks like them that goes on Air Force One while they're like in a truck going somewhere else. It's not any of those kinds of body doubling. It's something that's recently become recommended for people with ADHD, a.k.a. people like me. Ooh, I am dying to know what this is. What is it? So a body double is someone who sits with you while you work. They can help you do the task you're doing, like a friend you sit with who folds your laundry with you, or a body double can just be in the room with you doing their own thing, and their presence alone helps remind you to stay on task, like, you know, having a friend in the room reading a book while you write a term paper. And this other person, this body double, helps people with ADHD focus and finish projects. So it sounds to me, at least from the outside, like an accountability buddy, an accountability partner. Yes, exactly. And the reason it's gained so much popularity lately is because you don't have to be in person to use a body double or be a body double. You can do it virtually with a partner or even with a group of people over Zoom or Google Hangouts. Often people who work from home will do this with a few other coworkers or just other friends who also work from home. And everyone just like has their cameras on while they do their work. So it's kind of like something people can use as kind of a virtual co-working space. Exactly. Also, there are live streams like on TikTok and YouTube and Twitch and all the other various platforms that you can just sort of hop onto. And in these It's more of just watching someone or being able to see someone else working on their own. There's a little interaction with like comments or if you like give tips, you know, they'll give shout outs. But you just sort of watch someone while they work and uh, just the sight of that maybe in the corner of your screen or on your phone set up on your desk is enough to help motivate a lot of people with ADHD to sort of keep working and keep on task. Can I ask a question? Yes. Am I actually seeing what they're working on? Do I see their... No. Oh, I don't. Okay. It's often a view like sort of to the side of them. So it's like a profile. Like you'll see them at their computer and them sort of sitting at a desk. And you'll just see them typing. Sometimes they'll be on calls. It's so much fun. I recommend checking out at Colette Nick on TikTok. She's a great body double who just streams her work and she has like a nice aesthetic workplace everything's sort of pink and white and she's just like very fun to have on wow okay okay so it doesn't look quite the same as being on a zoom call with people no no not quite okay got it got it now, is this something that is just because of COVID? Did it exist before COVID? So it was a thing before COVID, but it took off big time with all of the remote working that came along in 2020. You know, lots of people found it very difficult to stay on task without a sense of community, without coworkers around. And while they were surrounded by the comforts and many distractions that being at home can offer. So body doubling has been rising in popularity since then. And also now there are even apps to match people who want body doubles and services that help people hire body doubles for like specific tasks, you know. Oh, it's like matchmaking systems for body doubles. Exactly. Matchmaking systems or places where you can sort of buy in for certain body doubles who are good at like house chores or, you know, helping get presentations ready, just sort of being around and like offering a good word of advice or encouragement. 
oh, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing this, are you actually like then paying the person? That yeah, you're often it's sort of a service. It can come often like with coaching, especially ADHD specific specialists will offer it. Or it's sort of like buying into a dating service where it's like, uh, yeah. we're more serious than the people on TikTok. We're the match.com of body doubling. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And you know, Since we've gotten to the point of paying for this service, you would think we have a good understanding of why and how body doubling works. But, of course, we do not. (laughs) Are there at least some theories about why it might work? There's some theories. And, I mean, the term is relatively new, too. I did sort of a backward search online, and the term didn't really pop up until, like, 2016, 2017. So, like, it's a new idea. Someone claims to have written about it in 1996, so maybe a few decades old. So back to those theories you asked about, there are a few. First, there's the Hawthorne effect. Do you remember that from back in the day in school? Can you remind me? Because I don't know if I do remember that. So when people put more effort into their work or change their behavior because they know they're being observed, that's the Hawthorne effect. And it's named after the Western Electric Company's Hawthorne Works plant outside of Chicago. And this factory did a study to see which light levels created the most productivity for their workers. And basically, every level had a bump in productivity during the study. But after the study ended, productivity went way down. So researchers concluded that just being observed is what made the workers work harder, regardless of the light level. It was never the light in the first place. It was never the light. (laughs) And so obviously the Hawthorne study was totally faulty. It was not testing the effects of being observed. That was sort of an after effect. You know, it would not hold up to modern scrutiny at all. But it's the common term for like the effect of being watched. But more recent studies from the past 20 years have found that being observed magnifies our feelings and that even a picture of eyes can give us enough of a feeling of being watched uh, so that our productivity and focus goes up. And over and over, studies keep finding that we work harder when we're around others or just reminded that others exist. That helps us become more self-aware. It activates different parts of our brain and we often end up doing better work. Wow. Just pictures of eyes. Yeah. It makes us like want to show off and like do our best work. And there are links in the show notes to these studies and the references to these studies. It's very interesting. Mm, That is interesting. So the second main theory about why buddy doubling works is that accountability is part of it and accountability breeds specificity. And that helps us do better work. What do you mean by specificity? Let me tell you. You have to plan a specific time for body doubling. You Ah. often have to plan which specific task you're going to do and how long you're going to do it for with a body double. You have to pick a certain live stream to put on. You know, all Ah. of these things provide specificity that actually ends up helping you work. That specificity forces some structure and that really can help ADHD brains. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You have to pick out things. And the last theory that I could find sort of floating around is pretty simple. It's that body doubles are calming visual stimuli that also tend to model good behavior. So if you look over and see your friend reading or writing their essay really easily, you're like, oh, right. 
that's what it looks like to focus. And you're like, boop, back to work. And some people (laughs) believe that when we see someone calmly working, it reminds us that we have the ability to do the same thing. And it instills a sense of confidence, too. So the work tends to be a higher product. So your body double can be a good role model, which Mm -hmm. means I shouldn't be a body double because people will just be watching me like eat chips and stuff. Well, Kristen, there is a downside to body doubling. Oh, what? And you you have illuminated it. <laughs> According to medical news today, a body double can be distracting ah. if they're if they're too much fun to be around. Like someone who wants to go eat chips, you might go like, "Wait, they're eating chips. I want to go eat chips. This is fun." And then you might like start chatting with them online while you guys eat chips. A body double can be distracting, so you have to pick carefully. You know, make sure it's someone who's like you like but isn't too much fun, or maybe do someone you don't know. Also, body doubles can make you feel ashamed or criticized if they don't understand ADHD. Sometimes people can make comments when you're distracted. They can turn into sort of the like, you're distracted police. Like, oh, get back to work. Get back to work every time you look up. Oh, and the that, scoldy finger. That can be kind of shaming and much less motivating. Yeah. Now, Jolenta, you already said that you have seen some body doubling people out there. Some of them are pretty fun. But I'm curious, has eavesdropping on body doubles helped your productivity at all? Is it just fun for you to watch or is it actually helpful with your ADHD? Mm, Good question. Good question. When I first read about this in that Fortune article that you sent me, link to it will be in the show notes, I freaked out because... In college, all my friends would give me shit because I liked going to cafes to write my like big term papers. And they had no idea how I could focus or find that atmosphere conducive for work. But turns out, Kristen, I was just a body doubling pioneer like back in 2005. (laughs) You were ahead of the curve. I don't actually think I'm a pioneer of anything. (laughs) I think I was just someone with undiagnosed ADHD on her own for the first time, desperate for anything that helped me like get my shit together. But I found the hustle and bustle of, you know, people buying coffee, people making treats and sandwiches, people eating. It all helped me focus. And when I needed to like really bust out a big research project, I'd go to this silent atrium that was open 24 hours a day at my school's library because being around other people who were also working hard and probably panicking the way I was during a big crunch time, (laughs) that was the only thing that could help me sort of remember to stay focused. Every time I'd sort of zone out, my eyes would wander and I'd see someone like hunched over their laptop frantically typing and I'd be like, oh, right, I need to do that. Yeah. Unlike your dorm room where it's just you. Or it's just my roommate who like does her work in a timely manner who's like (laughs) asleep, you know, because it's 3 a.m. So I definitely like body doubling and I definitely think it has helped me tremendously when it comes to staying focused and staying on task and getting things done. And just to be sure of this, I wrote some of this script while I had on a body doubling TikTok live, the TikTok where I referenced earlier at Colette Nick. And it was a fucking delight. I definitely worked more continuously and enjoyed myself more. So I guess it's both, Kristen. I enjoy myself and I definitely think it helps. Nice. Nice. I am a fan of body doubling. I know you don't have ADHD, but does body doubling appeal to you? Like, I know you like company. 
I love company. I mean, when I first read about this, that was the first thing I thought about. Like, Jolenta, you remember when I went freelance, how sad I was all the time? Mm. Because I missed having coworkers around. Oh my God, I was so sad. I'm like trying to find other places to work like coffee shops, but they're too loud for me. Unlike you, I find it distracting. Mm-hmm. I'm trying everything I can to not be alone. I'm begging different places I'm contracting with, will you please just let me come in and work? And they're like, no, right, right. Like, you just want me to sit at a desk? <laughs> please, please let me come in. So that part appeals to me. But I am also somebody who admittedly gets Zoom fatigue. So I guess depending on how people have their cameras set up, I think that might exhaust me a little bit. I worry a little bit about distractions because you didn't fully go into it. You said that sometimes they'll interact with the other people. I could see myself getting distracted and maybe interacting a little too much with them. Like, oh, what did Mm. you have for lunch? Oh, my God, did you see the last episode of The Last of Us? And then it turning into something else. I'm not sure if they would allow for that or if they'd put their foot down. But I could just see myself becoming a chatty Kathy. A little distracted, yeah. Yeah. So that might be a problem, too. So, I mean, I don't know if it would actually be the best thing for me. And at this point, I don't even think I need an accountability partner because— I already have these people I'm accountable to named Jolenta Greenberg and Chantel Holder and Nora <laughs> Ritchie and the listeners of this show, all right, of you great right. listeners. We're your accountability buddies. Yes. Even if you don't see us, even if we're not a picture of eyes on your wall. Yes, because I actually feel all of you a presence hanging over me like a cloud all the time of like, I don't want to let down the listeners. I don't want to let down right. Chantel. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, must deliver. Don't disappoint anybody. I need your approval and your love. Yeah. And so I don't really know that I need it. But I am curious now, maybe it would be good for me for household tasks because, yeah, you know, maybe maybe as somebody who doesn't really love doing the laundry, I could be on one of those body doubling laundry calls or something. And there are people who do chores, too, that are just like, watch me do laundry. And they have a camera set up in their laundry room. And you watch them, like, change load, yeah. fold some stuff, like do a stain stick, vacuum a whole room. Yeah, I could use help with those things. I mean, I'm sure Dean would love it if I did more of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, let us know if you ever try it, Kristen. And listeners, let us know if you've tried body doubling. What are your thoughts? Are you a fan of it? Are you a professional body double? I want to know what you think. You can write to us at kristenangelenta at gmail.com or you can weigh in in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash kristenangelenta. All right. We are going to take a quick break, but coming up, We hear from a letter writer who's got parent problems. Stay with us. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everyone. We're back with our first letter of the day. Jolenta, what do they have to say? All right. Our letter writer says, Dear Kristen and Jolenta, I'm at the point where I need to cut ties with my parents for my own mental health. We've had a strained relationship for a while, but I've realized that they are never going to change and be a support system for me. I'm looking for books, resources, anything you can recommend to help deal with guilt and just navigating this type of emotional transition. I am already working on this with my long-term therapist, so I'm looking for resources to supplement therapy so I'm not emailing her every day. Oh, Jolenta, this letter writer could not have asked for a better two people to write to. Right? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. First of all, letter writer, I want to say I totally feel you with the, like, needing to reach out to the therapist all the time during this transition. And second of all, letter writer, as you can hear by our reactions, you are not alone. First thing to remember is tons of people have to cut ties with their parents. They may not talk about it all the time, but like you are not alone in this shitty process. Oh, nowhere near being alone. No, there are millions of us all over the world. Millions probably in your own community, in your state, in your town who have had to do the same thing. It's everywhere, even if we don't talk about it all the time, that people for their own mental health have to have some distance from certain family members. And it is the safe thing to do in many cases. It is the healthy thing to do in many cases. So it's not anything to be ashamed of, and you're not alone. But as far as advice goes, one thing I would recommend doing for your own sake Maybe create clear definitions and words about why you need to cut ties with your parents. Right now you're saying they're never going to be a support system for you. And that's kind of vague. Does that mean, you know, on the extreme end, that could mean they're not sending me money anymore. They're not my number one cheerleaders when I apply for every single job. They don't listen to me vent about every single thing. That's on the one extreme end. But on the other end, it could be, They undermine all my efforts. They belittle me. They prioritize everything that they want to do over everything I need. So just be clear with yourself. And again, you don't have to tell me or Jolenta what you mean by that, but tell yourself because that will create more clarity for you. And I think it will lessen your guilt when you have that all written down and all in front of you. When you see, oh, there are concrete reasons why I need this distance. There are clear reasons why what they're doing is emotionally abusive or undermining or gaslighty or whatever you want to point to. But having those clear reasons will make things feel less murky for you because a lot of guilt can come when things aren't clear. Second of all, I would say surround yourself with people who have either gone through the same thing that you're going through now or who are empathetic to it. If anybody at any point says, oh, come on, you can't just cut off your parents. They raised you. Those are not people to surround yourself with right now. Those are the wrong people. Anybody who questions you or tries to put you down for doing what's best for you, they don't belong in your circle right now. 
They really don't. They might never belong in your circle. Right. <laughs> so those are two things I would start with. But before I start monologuing even further and longer, Jolenta, I, I would love <laughs> to hear some of your advice too. Um, I second your advice about writing stuff down. First, to clarify sort of your feelings and what the issues are for you. Also, just write down stuff your therapist says that really resonates with you. I have found that literally seeing it written down either in a note on my phone or in like a little notebook really does help remind me in between sessions what they're asking of me is absurd or, you know, what they did was so hurtful and they keep repeating this behavior. And just seeing it written down and sort of remembering your therapist saying those words can help solidify things in between sessions. Also, when I went through cutting ties with a parent not too long ago, there were two books that really helped me. One's going to sound a little extreme. I'll tell you that one second. <laughs> the first one is Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distant Rejecting or Self-Involved Parents by Lindsay Gibson. It's so good. It's been all over TikTok. It has helped me so much. I was going through it while I was staying with my mom, who I have not cut ties with. And I was just reading her little passages that applied. And basically, I ended up reading like the whole book aloud to her. Like it was really helpful when when I was in the thick of it to just be like, oh, it's not my fault. They're treating me this way. It's because they were sort of rigged this way through like nature and nurture and what happened to them and how they operate. Like, how they operate has nothing to do with me. I'm not making them treat me this way. They might just be emotionally immature. Mm -hmm. And the second book that, that totally helped that may sound a bit extreme is The Sociopath Next Door by Martha Stout. Ooh, how did that and help? That book helped because it really did apply to uh, the parent I cut ties with. And it just it really lays out how many people are actually sociopaths in society. And it's like 4.5%. So like, you're gonna be dealing with someone who has sociopathic traits, like guaranteed every few years. And like, perhaps even if your parent isn't a sociopath, the strategies given to deal with people who have sort of narcissistic outward behavior, the tips given in this book for how to deal with people like that, like are really helpful. And it's another book that sort of constantly reminds the reader, if you're dealing with someone like this, a sociopath next door, perhaps a parent, it's not your fault they are treating you like this. It's how they are wired. It's how they operate. It, again, has nothing to do with you or like what you deserve. Absolutely. I, th I think those are great recommendations, Jolenta. Another thing I just want to add here for our letter writer is it may be the case that this is two steps forward, one step back for you. There may be days you feel incredibly guilty, like, am I doing the wrong thing here? But what about this good memory? Because there was one good thing my parents did back when I was six years old that I always remember, and another good thing they did on my 12th birthday. And it's okay to have those back and forth feelings. It's okay to remember that, like, they as people are not necessarily 100% terrible. Right. They may have had good moments that you remember, but the bigger issue is how are they treating you? How are they hurting you? And in that case, you know, you have to remember, even if there were good moments, it's really about this behavior, about what I'll tolerate and what is safe and healthy for me to be around. So 
It's okay, though. You may go back and forth, back and forth with both guilt and with feelings of connection and rejection throughout this. And and that's okay. It's totally normal. Yeah. It's not like one swift movement and you're like, woo, done. It, it can be a push <laughs> and a pull and and it's a process. Yeah. And it's different for everyone. So, you know, if it's taking a while, like that's fine too. Absolutely. We all have different processes. We all have different trajectories. For some of us, we are going to keep that separation forever. For other people, there'll be times where they come in and out of each other's lives. But you have to know what's right for you. You have to know what's safe for you. And we hope you just take care of yourself and continue to lean on your therapist. And we wish you all the best. We know you're in a really tough situation now. We know it from personal experience. It's hard, but we know you can get through this. Yeah, we believe in you. All right, we are going to take a quick break. But before we do, we would be so, so grateful if you would take a quick second to rate us and review us in your podcast player, wherever you're listening. There's usually a place where you can just hit five stars, maybe write a little review. It helps people find our show, and we want people to find our show. So give it a try. Coming up, a letter writer is struggling with feelings of unworthiness. Stay with us. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. We are back, and it's time for our second letter of the day. Kristen, would you read it for us? Yes, of course. Our second letter writer says, Dear Kristen and Jolenta, I'd like help getting over my feelings of not being worthy. For example, I'm not worthy of the time to do something crafty because it takes too much time to set up, break down, and actually do. I also have the feeling that I should be doing something else more productive with my time. I should run with the dog instead of doing yoga because she needs exercise and can't do yoga. Ugh, even just typing this out, I feel like it's silly and not worthy of your attention. It is worthy of our attention. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. And it is is not silly. It is something a lot of us deal with. Oh, yes. I I would say so for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I totally understand, especially the dog thing, because I'm supposed to walk for physical therapy. And so it's like, sometimes I want to just do it without the dog. But then it's like, what? Why would I ever go outside on a walk? One of his favorite things to do without just grabbing a leash. But it's like, I don't want to stop for him to pee all the time. And then it's this back and forth where you beat yourself up for no reason. Yep. 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 And, you know, 
this is something that our society has done to us, or maybe right. social media, or maybe the economy has done to us, where we have to turn certain things into side hustles as well. Like, can I actually do this if it's not making money, if it's not something I can put on social media, if it's not something that I can monetize, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I totally understand the idea of productivity is supposed to trump pleasure. Right. That, that's something that I think a lot of us get the message of all the time. Totally. But Jolenta, I want to know how you got past that, walking Frank versus walking for your health. It's really a matter of reframing. And my therapist definitely helped me do this. You have to start seeing taking care of yourself as being productive. When you are happier, when you feel sort of creatively fulfilled, when your self-love tank is full, it makes you more giving. It makes you a better friend, a better lover, a better co-worker. And so you have to stop seeing hobbies as frivolous and start seeing them as almost like the same as brushing your teeth. You know, it's something you do to take care of yourself, to make sure your soul has longevity instead of your teeth. You know what I mean? And so if you can sort of reframe doing something crafty for yourself that you love, that gives you a warm, happy feeling as being productive because taking care of yourself is productive in the long run, that has helped me a lot. Like, I'm not wasting time. I'm not being silly. I am doing things that help me overall become a better person to be around. And so, like, that's productive. I think that's one great way to look at it. If you want to lean into the idea of productive, reframing all of this as productive is good. I would also add that maybe if the word productive starts feeling like an albatross around your neck. I was like, you just just said productive so much, didn't I? (laughs) And I'm personally someone who loves being productive. I love it so much. So many of my hobbies do actually end up turning into podcasts or turning into other things that people would say, oh, that's worthy, that's productive. Um, I totally am guilty of doing that, absolutely. But if you are fighting letter writer against the word productive, I might actually just take a moment to think about how child development specialists look at childhood and what is healthy and good for kids. And the most healthy, wonderful thing we can do for kids is to communicate and play with them encourage them to play. Not encourage them at three years old to be doing a bunch of spreadsheets and math problems and reading encyclopedias. If they like doing that, that's great. But so much of what makes us happier, more giving, more productive, more cooperative human beings is play. So much of what Mm. makes us better citizens is play. So much of what makes us better members of our community and better at interacting with others, all of that comes down to a great extent to play. And so play in and of itself is a worthy pursuit. Play does make us happier. Play does make us better members of the world that we live in. And that in and of itself is good enough, even if you can't monetize it, even if it's not quote-unquote productive. Play is healthy. Play is necessary. Play is something that children are supposed to be doing because it helps them. And adults benefit from play too. And secretly that will make you productive, but you don't have to think of the word productive. Yeah, you can just think of the word play and remember that play is good for you. 
They both start with P, so that's a plus. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Oh, and for a letter writer, I want to get back to like how you can sort of shift your mindset around this stuff and start feeling worthy. As I mentioned earlier, a therapist did really help me do this. Sometimes if you have the resources or if your insurance can swing it, it does help to go over these feelings one-on-one with someone who knows how to unpack these, who knows how to help you sort of retrain your brain to feel worthy, helps you reframe playing as something that's enriching, you know, working one-on-one with someone who went to school for how to do this, like definitely helps. Yeah. And the fact is that you are worthy. Totally. All of us are worthy of the chance to do yoga if we feel like it. Would you tell your friend they're not worthy enough to do yoga instead of walking the dog? No. And it's not like you're ignoring your dog. Your dog can be there while you do yoga, right? You know, that's, that's stimulating to, yeah, for a yeah. dog watching you on the ground. They love that. Yeah. And then I, I just think the idea that you're not worthy is something to really dig into, as Jolenta said, with with a therapist, because you absolutely are worthy. Everybody is worthy of the chance to do something like a craft. It, yeah. If it makes you feel good, you are worth it. And maybe that's worth examining why you feel like you're not worth it and then getting some concrete tools to help build your sense of self-worth. It's worth it. And so are you. And that's it for this episode of How to Be Fine. Huge thank you to our executive producer, Nora Ritchie, our producer, Chantel Holder, and our composer slash engineer, Casey Holford. Reminder, you can always weigh in on the conversation or ask for some advice at facebook.com slash group slash Kristen and Jolenta, or you can write to us at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram at How to Be Fine Pod. You can DM us for advice there or just make comments on our pictures. We love it. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalanta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Until then, stay fine. Stitcher. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.